and we're really excited about that. Warm welcome to you. If you're visiting for the first time, and especially warm welcome to you. We hope you enjoy uh, fellowship with uh, believers, presence of the Lord among us, and the ministry to you. Glad you came. Thanks for being with us. As we go through this meeting, sometimes the Lord will speak to people, and uh, because that's just the general rule, every living entity communicates. That's the universal law of communication. And so does the author of life. Uh, the one who created all life also likes to communicate. And sometimes he speaks to people. And if that's you, if you just text 97,000 to that number, text prophetic, then we'll send you a, a little word and you can fill it out and say, this is what I feel like the Lord is saying or doing. And sometimes when that's appropriate, we'll fit that into the meeting and say, this is what feels like the Lord is saying to the meeting. And so if that's you, you can do that text prophetic to 97,000 and uh, one of the elders who's leading the meeting will capture that and be able to function with it. Um, thought it would be helpful if Cheryl just gave a little bit of a testimony about what God has been doing with her recently and I thought it was poignant to what the Lord wants to do this morning. So let me invite Cheryl up. Good morning. Last fall, God gave me a vision in which I saw myself worshiping and enjoying fellowship in the temple of Jerusalem. I was in the middle areas of the temple and I was enjoying God's presence. But then God broke in and he said, Cheryl, I see you spending time over there, but there's one part of the temple that you seldom enter into, and that is the Holy of Holies. I just want to remind you that when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain leading into the innermost place was torn, giving you full access to it. You can have as much time in the Holy of Holies as you want. All you need to do is stop what you're doing, get up from where you are, and walk over to the curtain and enter in. With that, the vision ended, and I was really struck by his invitation to spend as much time as I choose in this intimate place with him. Out of my desire to enter this in, in, intimate place, Holy Spirit prompted me to put aside things hindering me from spending time in his presence. For me, this meant schedule adjustments and making space in my heart through repentance and focusing on his voice over other distractions. A few weeks after that vision, I came to a, a worship evening here at church. And quite honestly, I wasn't feeling all that spiritual after a busy and exhausting week. But during that evening, God reminded me of that invitation and asked me if I was ready to enter into that holy of holies with him. I responded by clearing my mind of all distractions and repented of things I felt prompted to repent of. Immediately after that, God drew me into his presence far deeper than what I typically experience. I felt like I was worshiping with angels, and the power of God's presence was truly overwhelming in such a good way. During that time, Holy Spirit prompted me to read Revelations 4, which says, picking up in verse 8, day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. 
Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before Him and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. As I was reading this, I was struck by the glory and majesty of God, and all I could say throughout the rest of the evening was, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I was in absolute awe of Him and His holiness and beauty. I remained in that place of worship, experiencing His presence in a deep way for most of the evening. It was an experience that's really difficult to describe. However, what I can say is that experiencing God's holiness and glory is the most beautiful thing that I could ever experience. And it has a greater impact on our lives than what we can comprehend. In His presence, we find freedom, love, and acceptance. In His presence, we are, hurts are healed, dreams and callings that we thought were dead come back to life. Passion for God's kingdom consumes complacency. The things of the world grow strangely dim, and the list goes on. One last thing that I want to mention from that list is that when we spend time in God's presence, we realize that there is nothing in this life that can satisfy our souls like being in His presence. The reason why I'm sharing this testimony is that I felt prompted by the Lord to do so. I believe that there is an invitation for everyone to experience His presence deeply, and there is really nothing complicated about it. In responding to this invitation, all that we need to do is make time and space, focus on Him, follow His promptings with respect to repenting of anything we feel prompted to repent of, and take on a new mindset as we open our hearts and step into His presence. Hebrews 10, 19 through 22 says, And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And He welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly and without hesitation. For He has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to Him. And since we have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach Him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from Him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity, and we have been freed from an accusing conscience. We are now clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out. Praise God. We made a decision 
as an eldership, as a leadership team, a few weeks back. Um, we had a sense that the Lord was drawing near, that there was a softening in the spirit, that the Holy Spirit was creating yearnings in people's hearts. And um, we began to long for a move of God. Can I just see by a show of hands, how many people in the last eight weeks have found yourselves weeping during worship in a new way? Can I just see a show of hands? Now, just hold, can you just hold your hands up? Because people think that this revival began at Asbury, but by the show of your hands for more than four weeks before Asbury broke out. Thank you, bit man. What the Holy Spirit's been doing is he's been stirring something in the hearts of his people across the country. And I guarantee you, that response is the response of every church across the nation. Because the Holy Spirit has been whispering and making an offer to his church in this nation. At the beginning of this year, we started with this idea that we said, I really feel like the Lord's saying he's not going to allow the church to float down middle American values anymore. He's calling the church to a watershed moment to either decide we're going to step into the spirit or we're going to just do church naturally with the world. And that that choice was being demanded by the Spirit of God. It was going to be forced. And then uh, about, I don't know, three weeks, a month ago, Asbury Revival breaks out. And I guarantee you there's not a church in the country. I guarantee you there's not a pastor in the country that hasn't been asked about it. And so what God does is He shows a demonstration of just Jesus showing up. And people's focus and attention is captivated against by the beauty of Jesus. And that, my friends, was the Holy Spirit saying, how about you? And just like the day of Pentecost, there are going to be three responses. There's going to be people who are in it already. And you don't have to sell them or convince them or no theology you can give them is going to teach them that this is not God because they're meeting with them. There's going to be people who are asking questions, valid questions. The two days on the day of Pentecost is how is it that we hear this message in every language? Can I just say one of the principles when the Holy Spirit begins to move, you can hear it all over the globe. At the same time, this is not the gifting of one gifted individual who's doing something. This is the Spirit of God doing something across the globe. In thousands of churches across this country, on college campuses all over, at the same time, something is happening. How is it that this is happening all at the same time? Well, that's because the Holy Spirit's bringing Pentecost. He's bringing back the dominion of Jesus over all nations. And the second question they asked was, what does this mean? I would say to you, it means that God is making an invitation to the whole nation, to the whole world at the moment, actually. I was on a call with some people in South Africa this week, and they were saying one of the high schools, they went into chapel, and chapel lasted three and a half hours of just worship and repentance, and God just breaking out. All over the world, this is happening. What does it mean? It means God is making an offer. Do you want to be part of this? 
Because I can tell you, my heart says, yes, with everything I have, yes. And the third response on the day of Pentecost was some judged it and some mocked it. So these are people are drunk. And can I tell you that in every revival God has ever given, there is always going to be ample opportunity for legalists to judge and mock. It's part of the gift of God to the legalists. There's people in the church who are sinners. Yeah, that's why Jesus died. If you become aware that there are people sitting near you that are in need of a savior, then that's a good thing. Because they've come to the right place. Because the savior is showing up here. We made a decision as a leadership team. For the next couple of months, we're gonna do church different. And can I just say to those of you who, who that shocks, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> I would like to suggest that to the people who are members of this church, if you just lived up to half of what we've taught in the last decade, I'd be hugely impressed. Well done. Most of the rest of the life that you live is ramping up post-COVID into a pre-COVID pace. There are people driving and pressing and in asking and demanding and, and applying various mechanisms and prods and motivations to get you moving and producing your maximum. And I feel like what the Lord is doing is He's inviting people into His throne room so that he can love on them and give them peace and give them healing and, and show them who he is and transform their lives. And I am one of the people who say, Lord, I'd love more and more of that. So for the next few months, we're going to do church slightly differently, and that is I trust this elders, these elders and these deacons and, uh, enough to know that we're going to say, let's make a little bit of space in our meetings for the Holy Spirit to move. So we're going to create a little space. There'll still be worship, there'll still be preaching, there'll still be responding to the Holy Spirit. And we're going to create a little space in the meetings so that you can respond to the Lord. So that if the Lord's maybe doing a work of healing in your heart, then you can just focus there. Make sure it's done completely. And maybe if you just want to break out in, in intercession and just pray and cry out. A couple of times in the last month, I felt as I begin to worship, I just feel this burden of intercession come on me. I begin to pray and weep and groan over people. And that hasn't happened to me for many years. But I begin to groan over people and cry out to God for some things that are deep in my heart. I say, God. And I want to create a little bit of space for you to do that. So 
So we're changing things up a little. If you want to come sit up front or even lie up front or kneel up front or in the back, be free to do that. Here's our general rule. Respond to the Holy Spirit as He's speaking to you. But don't be so obnoxious that you interfere with somebody else's response to the Holy Spirit. Is that fair? So you enjoy yourself. But don't get in the way of somebody else enjoying themselves. Because the Lord wants to move among us. Now let's come to today's meeting. I feel like the Lord is mixing up a batch of incense that he wants to start a, he wants to light in the meeting. One part is healing. I think there's some hurts, father wounds, church wounds, uh, misunderstandings. The Lord come to heal. But there's also some physical healing, some bodies and some souls and some things. I think this devotional worship is mixed in. That's us coming to bring the best of my heart, to worship the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. And there's intercession. I think the Lord has eagerly come this morning to listen to the deepest cries of your heart. Some of those are going to come out calmly. Some of those you may only be able to sob as they come out. And I'm just going to say to you, um, we're trying to create a safe space for God's people to meet with Him. Lastly, let me close with this. If you forget everything else, don't forget this. We're going to focus on Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, the cornerstone and the capstone, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. In him, all things find their beauty. Do we expect God to heal? Yeah, but we're not focusing on the healings. Are some people gonna get just really set free from things that have kept them for years? Yeah, but we're not focusing on that. Are some people's responses going to be emotional? Yeah. But I'm not focusing on that. We're going to keep our eyes on our King, the author and the perfecter of your faith. And He's going to see us through. Safe, beautiful, profound. So here's what I want to ask you. In a little while, we're going to go to worship. And we're going to bring honor and praise and adoration to our King. And I invite you to do that in a way that's most meaningful to you and to Him. It's our responsibility to feed the flame that God gives. In Leviticus 7, there's a passage of Scripture where Moses dedicates the temple and fire comes out of heaven and consumes the sacrifices that they set out. And from then onwards, it was the, the duty of the priests to tend that fire, to keep logs being put on it and to keep that flame burning day and night. 
2 Samuel 7, when Solomon dedicates his temple, the same thing happens. Fire comes out of heaven and consumes the sacrifices. And it's the responsibility of the priests from that time onwards to tend that flame. And on the day of Pentecost, when God dedicated his new temple, fire comes out of heaven and settles on each of the sacrifices in the upper room. It's our job to respond to the fire of God and to keep it well lit. It's your job for your life. It's my job for me. It's our job to keep the flame burning in this house. So you say, Greg, what's going to happen this morning? I haven't. I don't know. But this I do know. What is dependent on me and what's dependent on you is that we bring the Lord all the devotion in our heart. That we open up our hearts to receive all of His healing. And that you bring to the Lord the sacrifices and the cries and the, and the prayers that you've been just burdened by. Those three things are going to happen today. And we're going to start with worship. Won't you? Join us as we worship our King.
Let it not be said of me, I withheld it. 
there where you are. We're called to offer up spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. There are some things that have been going on in your heart while we've been worshiping. There's some things that are deep and meaningful to you. And I just feel like the Lord is coming by your heart to scrape off some of the fragrance that you have. And I'm just wondering if you would just lift that up to Him, your heart to the Lord, your worship to Him. Would you just lift up that fragrance Lord, I pray that you'd gather up this worship and adoration of the saints. Which Revelation says, Lord, are the, the golden bowls of incense, the prayers and the worship of the saints. Receive from us, Lord. One more time, let's just lift it up to the Lord. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all For from you are all things To you are all things You deserve the glory You're worthy of it all Blessed be your name, Lord. 
Blessed be your name, Jesus. You're worthy of it all, Lord. You're worthy of it all, Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Praise you, Lord. Blessed, Jesus. Blessed. golden bowls of incense carry the praises and the worship and the adoration of the saints but also carries the praise and as we continue to worship I just feel like the, there's a moment here for you just to turn your heart to the Lord and just to br- begin to bring to the Lord those things that are the things that are deepest in your heart and for the next 10 minutes let's just make of this moment an intercession worship set. We just worship the Lord and in between worshiping Him, just bring Him, say, Lord, this is the yearning of my heart. Maybe it's that He would touch your life. Maybe it's to move through you. Maybe it's that He touched your kids. Maybe that He changed our nation. Whatever the burden of your heart is. I really feel like the Lord is here to just listen, to gather up, to scoop up the prayers of the saints and to gather them before His throne. They're precious to Him. So we're going to continue to worship. And as we do that, I'm going to invite you to just come make this a time of intercession in Jesus' name.
we're going to let the middle schoolers go if they want to. Um, and uh, you guys are free to go right now. It was just a word that came through that I wanted to speak about. And uh, that said, the Lord was entertaining prayers for the third and the fourth generation. So it wasn't just fathers praying for your children or grandfathers praying for your grandchildren and grandmothers and mothers. This is the Lord inviting you. Can you pray for the next four generations? So I wonder if just for the next two minutes, if you would just join me and uh, we're going to pray. You're going to pray for yours. Obviously, I'm going to pray for mine. And let's just bring to the Lord and pray for the next generations of our family. Let the favor of God be upon them. Let the freedom of God come upon them. That he turn their eyes away from anything that this world has to offer and onto Jesus. And you, you can start with your kids, obviously, but then let's just, let's just go after this for a while. And just bring to the Lord, because if he said, hey, I'm, I'm entertaining this, why don't, you, why don't you bring them? So let's just do that just for a few minutes and we'll come back to worship. Let's just pray for your family. Father, would you pour out your spirit on our children? Would you open their hearts to your kingdom? Would you turn their attention and their affections, Lord, to you? Would you deliver them from evil and the evil one? Would you lead them away from trial and temptation? Would you let your kingdom come in their lives and your will be done just as it is in heaven? Forgive them, Lord. Would you provide for them? And our grandchildren, Lord. And our great-grandchildren. 
Would you keep us, Lord, from what the world's plans are? Would you deliver us, Lord? Would you cause us to be a people pure, pure and holy? Would you raise up children, Lord, and children's children, and children's children's children, who know the wonders of God, captivated by the beauty of Jesus? We call out on you, Lord, on behalf of our children and their children and their children. Break, Lord, any hold the enemy wants to have over them. And Lord, by the authority that you've given us as parents, we invite you to move in their life. Hover over them, Lord, as they sleep. Watch over them, Lord, as they go to school. Protect them, Lord, as they walk through this world. Call them, Lord. We agree with and sanction deep convictions that are given by the Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, that they would yearn for you in the, in, through the watches of the night. We pray, Lord, that you would stir in them a hunger. Keep them away, Lord, from friends that would hurt them and draw them into communities that would bless them. We call on you, Father. You have a Father's heart, you understand. We call, Father, for our children and their children and their children. And Lord, right now, I just want to pray for everybody who's longing for children but haven't yet been able to. We release the Lord. We agree. We release to them fruitfulness. We release, Lord, a fruitfulness. In Jesus' name, we break barrenness off your people. Break it off. We release, Lord, now just a fresh, so a whole bunch of babies, Lord, that we pray for in the church. Just a passel all over the church, Lord. In Jesus' name. says grace and peace are yours in abundance through our Lord Jesus Christ and you said Lord come into this holy place so here we are Lord to receive the abundance of grace and peace which are ours Grace for the day, grace for the challenges, grace for the changes, and peace, Lord. Because you promised great would be your children's peace. So I'm asking, Lord, for peace for us and for our children.
as a continued part of that prayer, I just felt like the Lord was saying that he's going to be uh, building families stronger. And uh, if you're here today and you, you have been trusting the Lord for a godly spouse, I just feel like the Lord wants to add to that as well, that he's after the third and fourth generation and he wants to make third and fourth generations. Um, it's not just that um, we need a revival. We need, we need strong households. We need revivals in households. So Lord, right now I just ask with open with open hearts, Lord, to receive, Lord, would you bring godly men and women into our home uh, and that they would find souls to connect with? Uh, marriage was your idea, and from that we have uh, beautiful children. And so, Lord, we give you the generations. Watch over their souls, watch over their hearts. But, Lord, right now I just pray that we would see as much as we are seeing babies right now in our midst, just more and more babies being born, I pray that we would have a, a, a numerous amount of weddings over this next season uh, because you're, you're bringing families together for the season ahead, we need, we need families, godly families, strong families, families that love you. So we lift you up in that, in Jesus' name. Just continue to pray, whatever your need is, whether it's for children to find the Lord, whether it's for uh, a womb to be open, whether it's for a spouse to come uh, into this place and for you to connect in that way, just continue to offer those prayers up. Why don't you take your seats just for a moment? Thank you. I think it's okay to take a little pause, to create a little space. The rest of our world is busy enough. I don't know about yours, but my, the rest of my life is busy enough. You just take a little pause here in the presence of the Lord. It's not the end of the world. And for some people in this place, it's going to be the actual salvation. Because some of us are going to just turn our eyes to the Lord and connect with Him. And that's going to make all the difference. There's a scripture about in Chronicles where David has been anointed by Samuel some years earlier to be the king, and he has now, Saul has died, and the nation is without a king. And there are still some people who are quite vehemently opposing David as the king. But there are some people who begin increasingly to say, man, God said David should be king. And so they start to defect from Saul's army, and they start to come over to David and say, can we be with you? And one of that groups of people who come are men of Issachar. And it says the men of Issachar came because it says they were separated from the rest of the group because they understood the times. And they also understood what needed to be done. So the men of Issachar came and all the other people started defecting. But the men of Issachar understood what was going on. They understood the season and the history and the moment they were in. And they understood that it was time to make David king. And so the men of Issachar <clears throat> sort of, because they were just one of, the, one of us, few, many, many groups who came to David. The men of Issachar began to spread this sort of idea, this understanding amongst the rest of the people. Hey. Remember God said David should be king? Yeah, it's now. It's now. 
why don't we take David and go up to Jerusalem and make him king? And people said, yeah, it's a great idea. And so the Bible says this army that surrounded David was some of the fiercest warriors in Israel. And it says that his, his army became like the army of God. They're just ferocious people, and they all came together with one heart and one mind. We're going to go to Jerusalem, and we're going to make David the king. Any questions? Everybody on the way said, you are most welcome. Can we join you? That idea that there are some people who can be aware while they're in the time, this is that time. And can I suggest to you that we're in a time where the Spirit of God is offering to His people a new intimacy, a new walk with God, a new walk in the Spirit. And He's going, would you like to be part of this? And um, if you understand the times, that's one thing then to understand what to do with the time. That's another thing. So let me suggest to you, that's the time we're in. I don't think it's hard to see, but that's the time we're in. God is coming to move. And can I just say, for this nation, that is such good news. That is our hope and our salvation. Because honestly, I don't put hope, I don't have much hope in anything else. That's our hope and salvation. That God begins to move different socioeconomic groups, different theological persuasions, different ages, different sexes, different colors, different races, different languages. United in this one thing, we serve the living God. So we know the times. What is the thing that should be done? Well, I think the church should come together to make Jesus king. That he should be honored. That his name should be made great. That everybody else should fall aside. That only Jesus should be exalted. I understand that God calls leaders to the church. I understand that. But when Jesus went up on the Mount Transfiguration and he changed in front of them and he became like a son, and they couldn't even look at his glory, and Moses and Elijah appeared next to him. These are the two greatest leaders of Israel's history. No one heavier. These are the heavyweights of Israel's history. Moses and Elijah show up next to Jesus and they're talking and the disciples who are standing there, Peter, James and John are listening to Elijah and Moses having a discussion with Jesus about spiritual truth. And Peter's out of his mind and decides he's going to build some shanty shacks quickly and that'll be great for these glorified people. 
then it says, but they looked up and then they only saw Jesus. Now, I'm not sure that they only saw Jesus because Moses and Elijah disappeared or whether Jesus just became so amazing. I hope it's that one. This is the time we're in. There's an invitation. The thing to do is to set in your heart. And everything that's under my authority, everything that's within my scope, everything that I have power to choose about, with all of that, I'm going to make Jesus king. He will be the Lord. He will be the focus. That's the season we're in. And that's the choice you have. And that's the choice we have as a church. And there may be moments in the next couple of months when the only thing we do is bring honor to Jesus. Go, well, I didn't get that thing that I came to pray for. Yeah, it wasn't that kind of meeting. We came to bring honor to him. And then there are going to be meetings where God just shows up and does things and ministers and heals and changes lives. And that'll be for his glory too. So let's be people of Issachar who understand the times and who know what needs to be done. Wouldn't it be cool if all over Atlanta the testimony was and Jesus is just in that place. Because that's what he wants. Hundreds of churches all over the city. Presence of God showing up. People getting saved. So all is for your glory, Lord. And all is for your praise. And we set this time aside. We set this place aside. We know, Lord, that you're not contained by either place or by time. Lord, we set it aside anyway. We dedicate it to you. And we can conceive of nothing better than Jesus. You have preeminence and you have sway and you have the right of rule. So to that, we give ourselves in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if I can make an inelegant change of gears, because there's no way I can think of doing this elegantly, we're, uh, Lord willing, planning to go back to Uganda in May. And um, there's been some government opposition in Central Africa. A lot of countries are, are starting to persecute the church. And I was speaking with Daniel, and he said, since we've come, we've been going to Uganda for five or six years now, and that it has grown, and some of the biggest detractors, one of the guys who was the worst, he was saying this, this grace gospel is just an error, and he sneaked into the meetings last year when we were there, and the Lord really touched him. And he was just at a meeting, and they gathered all the anti-grace people, and because he's the leader, and they said, you know, those people, that, that thing that Daniel was doing out was wrong. And he said... 
stop, tell me what was wrong about it. And nobody was there, of course. They just said, no, but they preached grace. He said, I went there and I listened. He said, that's the true gospel. And he's turned his heart. And so last year we had 800, people, 800 unique pastors come and, and we had another 2,000 were invited online. And uh, I said to Daniel, you know, this, we, we, we can't necessarily keep doing that at that price. And he said, well, I don't know how to stop. We've, we've announced that you're coming and we've said it's only going to be 800. He said, but we're thinking it's going to be more like 1,200. And he said, we're trying to stop it at 1,200. I said, Daniel, we can't necessarily afford to pay all that. And we'll just, and he said, I understand we've gone to a, we've gone to out of town a bit to, you know, it's a little more rural. Um, and uh, to try and keep the costs down. But it's still going to cost us a bit of money, probably about $30,000 when we finished. But last year, they planted 43 churches in and around the nation. And because of these meetings, the government leaves them alone because they're training pastors. And it's probably the only thing in the country that the government's not persecuting. Because last year we went and they put us on the national news for 10 minutes for two days in a row. They came and did interviews with the pastors. Something's going on. The Lord's giving us an influence there that's far beyond that. We're punching above our weight. But there's this opportunity to go. And I think there's 1,200 pastors. This is not, a, this is not one congregation with 1,200 people. This is 1,200 pastors you just want to come and hear about this because God's opening up the nation to us. So I'm, I've got a video I'd like to show you and I'm just going to ask you, there's no pressure here, but if that's something you want to be part of, just ask the Lord, is there something I could give? And uh, so let me just show this video to you quickly. Pastor Daniel, it's such a joy to be with you and thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Uh, we came last year and saw God do some wonderful things. Can you tell us some of the testimonies about what God did from last year's conference when we came? Right. Thanks, Pastor Greg. Uh, and thanks to the whole church, Northlands. We love you. Uh, since last year, from the time that you came and we had a conference with you where we had over 800 pastors we have been able to experience so many testimonies as I've been traveling from district to district, trying to do our, uh, you know, catch up with people just to evaluate and find out and also encourage them. But I've had some great testimonies from different pastors from different regions and different districts. Uh, one of the district leaders uh, who is our great friend and is leading over 200 churches in his region. Uh, uh, he's called Thompson. Thompson uh, has been testifying about the transformation that has been taking place within his community, within his region. First of all, he's the person who has always, his church is called Repentance Church. And with the Repentance Church, it was like every day they had to repent. And with Bishop Thompson, when I first brought you over here, Bishop Thompson said that uh, I had, you know, connected with the wrong doctrine, with the wrong people, because they were teaching about the grace of God. And yet his church was repentance a church. And he believed in repentance each and every day, each and every hour. So when he first, uh, actually, it was a challenge for him. He did not even finish up the conference. He went away. But glory be to God that you came back the next year and you came on coming 
and that ignited him to be able to understand more about grace. And I have been with him several times in different meetings, and he has been telling us what the Lord has done in his region, uh, that they no longer talk about repentance of every day, but they know that they walk by the grace, they do everything under the grace of God, and just paid it all. So what they have to do is only to have faith in Jesus that all things will be well. And that is one of the greatest testimonies from Bishop Thompson that God is transforming their region and all the churches that are under his supervision are now doing the same kind of, of uh, you know, teaching, knowing that it's by the grace of God not by works, but it's by his grace. If we're able to yeah. come this year, what, what is the plan for a conference this year and how many pastors are you expecting? Yeah, actually this year, we, because we are looking at, because we, we are looking at leaders and that is the call the Lord has put on us to do, we, we've been looking at bringing 10 leaders from each district and Uganda has like 123 districts. So if God gives us the grace this time around, we wanted to reach out to over 1200 pastors only. And the 1200 pastors only will be coming from across the country from each and every district. And they, they will come to be able to represent each and every district. So we hope to have like 1200 pastors come. And when they come, these are the ones that we are going to send back into their own districts to be able to open up conferences and teachings and seminars and also what we call home churches so that they can also transfer the same message into other leaders and also those who are not even churches. Well, I'm excited about it. Thank you so much for being with us here today and we'll, we'll get back to you with uh, what the Lord has been able to provide. God bless you. Thanks for being with us today. So the rough math is for a pastor to come for a three-day conference and to feed him and to put him up and to pay for his um, stay is going to cost about $20 a pastor. And they're all paying for themselves to get there and uh, they pay for the other things. And that, that includes a manual, which for most of the pastors we minister to is the only printed material they have in their house. And so 20 bucks roughly per pastor. And if you would consider helping us, uh, that'd be great. Love to be able to go and minister. And if somebody feels like maybe you want to come with, um, you want to pray about that and let me know, that might be a fun adventure too for some of you. Now, I don't believe the Lord is finished. And you can do that. That You can give, if you go onto online with usual giving, it'll, it'll, you go to our giving tab, it'll default to tithes. If you go to the drop-down menu, the next one says Uganda, you can give there. And, but thank you for your faithfulness in giving anyway. Um, I just really feel like, uh, I'm just, just want to take two, three minutes because I feel like the Lord wants to heal, wants to heal some people. So worship team is just going to play a song and some of the elders are going to be walking around just praying for people gently. It's going to be very quick, just three minutes and then Tyler's going to come up and close off the service for those who need to go. And if you don't need to go, you can stay. We might just stay on a little longer and be praying for some people. Um, but let's just worship the Lord. Uh, just turn our hearts again. Let's just worship Him and open your heart and say, Lord, come and minister to me. I feel like the Lord wants, just wants to heal some people and some of it may be emotional, some of it may be physical, but let's let Him do that.
the Lord's not done with us yet just to keep worshiping as well but just an official kind of close to the meeting you're more than welcome to stay though if it's your first time at Northlands we'd love to meet in the front lobby get you a cup of coffee hear more about your story what brings you through the door but thank you so much for being here just a few things that we we had to uh, hit next week uh, a friend of ours Josh Mills and Janet Mills will be with us uh, Josh and, and Janet have just seen miraculous things happening in their ministries as they've been ministering the gospel. And so if, if you need a supernatural move of God in your life in any category, uh, I would definitely come next Sunday. We're trusting that he's gonna do some amazing things in our midst and use Josh and Janet to do that. Uh, baptisms, we have, I think we're, we're climbing over 20 people uh, to be baptized uh, on the 19th. If, yeah, amen, if you, amen. Uh, it's not too late, though. If you've, if you've received Jesus, but you've not been baptized and you'd like to be baptized, there's a QR code that you can um, scan on the chairs here and get all the information you need to be um, signed up to be baptized on the 19th. 
Uh, and then also Promise 686, the race is coming up. Uh, we have a team that's developing here at Northlands. We'd love for you to participate. If you need more information about that, you'll find that on the QR code as well. Uh, we're gonna continue in a time of worship, but I'm gonna invite the ministry team to come up as well. It might get loud with worship music, but even just laying hands on people and blessing them and just uh, that. But if you need ministry for anything at all, as we're closing out, feel free to come on up. We'd love to be praying with you. The Lord's clearly doing something. Uh, and we just love to agree with him on what he's doing. But let's just continue to worship. And then uh, obviously if you have kiddos in the kids ministry, uh, take some time to collect them if necessary. We don't wanna break that up, but just uh, make sure to don't, don't forget those kids, all right? Let's keep worshiping. <laughs> 